Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Balls and Whistles, a Highland news and media podcast looking at what's been going on in the world of sport around the Highlands this week. I'm Andrew Henderson and this week's show is a little bit different because I am not joined by sports editor Will Clark, he's away on annual leave, and I'm not actually joined by anybody else, I'm on my own. So what we're going to do this time around is basically take a look around some of the stories and I'll play a lot more clips and a lot more interviews so that you can hear some perspectives from the people themselves rather than me just talking for the next half hour about what's been happening. So last week's show started with us talking about the Kamenacht Cup final between Lovett and Kinlochshiel. I think that's basically where we have to start again this week because Kinlochshiel managed to win it in their very first ever appearance in the final. It was a hat-trick from club captain Keith McRae that saw them over the line 3-1. It wasn't all their own way, it has to be said. And when I talked to their manager, Johnson Gill, the next day, it still hadn't sunk in. Yeah. 
Congratulations to Kinloch Shield and commiserations, it must be said, to love it. It's the third time in a row they've lost a Kamenacht Cup final, but just based on them having been there so often over the last few years, I'm sure it won't be long before they're back there again. As for Shield, they, as Johnson said, they have still got a chance of more silverware this season, so it could go from an already historic year to an even better one for them. On to football now, and Cali Thistle this weekend will be looking to continue their unbeaten run in the Scottish Championship. When Queen of the South come up to the Highland Capital, they'll be quite glad, I'm sure, that they're not going all the way down to Dumfries since the other way around. Although, of course, that will have to happen throughout the rest of the season. Billy Dodds is hoping to have Michael Gardine back available for selection. He hasn't played at all this month because of injury. And there's also good news for Cali Thistle off the pitch this week, as at their AGM they announced that the club's losses have been cut by 70%. That is absolutely massive. And it will, I'm sure, when we've had a pandemic over the last year, be music to the ears of a lot of shareholders, fans, and even you know staff at the club, the players, the manager, everybody that might have any sort of investment in their future. Over to Ross County, they are away to Motherwell in the Premiership this weekend. Malky Mackay has been talking about the danger that they pose from set pieces. The defender Jack Baldwin has been talking about the sort of impact that finally getting their first league win of the season could have had. But for me, one of the things that I really took away from the last week was Ross County changing their goalkeeper last time out against Hearts. Ross Laidlaw has come in for a bit of flack at times over the last couple of years. He's been in and out with the team, it must be said, depending on whose competition is for that number one spot. But Ashley Maynard Brewer got the chance last week, pulled off a few really good saves and was named Man of the Match by Ross County's sponsors. He'll be looking to nail down the spot for the time being. Here's what Malky had to say about his thought process behind making that switch. I think it's healthy that we have... um competition for places in every position um, and I thought that when we had tracked Ash um, over a period of time he was away with the Australian Olympic team um, I had, we had tracked him because I had someone in England who had actually you know, flagged me up to him and we looked at him over a period and we then I spoke to Nigel Atkins who thought it was the right time to get him out on loan um, but then it's again it's evidence based on what he's done here and in the six weeks, you know, that he's been here, um, his standard of goalkeeping and training is exceptional. And um, you can tell, you know, you can tell. I've, I've been lucky enough to play in front of a couple of top goalkeepers. Um, I was in front of, played in front of Craig Gordon for Scotland, and I played in front of Robert Green and Ben Foster, who are both England goalkeepers in my career. Um, so I've trained with these people, and you can tell. You can just tell what, what you know, what they've got. Um so I've been watching that and, uh, you know, as I say, I just felt it was time for, for uh, a change there. Um, 
and I think there was some obviously raised eyebrows before the game, but I also think there was some raised eyebrows after the game as to how well he did. Um, and when you look at um, the manner in which he came in, positive nature of him around his own box, and some of the crosses he came for, some of the, the saves he made, um, then I think that's when people start to see what we're seeing every day training. The good thing is, if they're lost, wait, well, it's lost, he's played a few things at this club. He always keeps the battle back. That's right. And that's the challenge. It's, it's the challenge that you've got to, there's a consistency to it. You've got to make sure that you, you when you're in those goals, you stay consistent. Um, um, but when you're not in the goals, it's a case of, and we had a chat with him, and it was a case of, can you get back to training again and you work hard? You know, it's, there's no case of, that's that. You're the, you know, the, like every other jersey, it's up for grabs and you have to be consistent. Um, and when you're out, you've got to make sure that you train really well because at any point you can be back in again. And it's only healthy that there is competition for places in every position on the pitch. That's something that every manager, I think, at every club wants to have that competition for places all over the pitch. And we've seen that a few times in the goalkeeping spot, as I mentioned earlier, with Ross County. So, again, I'm sure Maynard Brewer and Malky Mackay and Ross County fans will be hoping that he can be their number one for the foreseeable future, at least until the end of the season when his loan deal expires, Ross Laidlaw, on the other hand, may have something to say about that. Clack McCudden in the Highland League will be looking to bounce back from going out of the Scottish Cup. Nairn County aren't actually in action this week because they were supposed to play Bucky Thistle in the Highland League. Bucky have a Scottish Cup replay. There's plenty of stuff going on further down than that in the pyramid as well. North Cali League has a full fixture list. There was some interesting comments, I thought, today by Shane Carling, Loch Ness manager in the Inverness Courier, about how this could be one of the most competitive North Cali leagues in years. In women's football, it could be a really big weekend, actually. Cali Thistle women are playing at the stadium for the first time ever. This is the third time they're supposed to have played at the stadium. Uh, the last couple of times were called off due to COVID. Fingers crossed nothing happens late on that means this one falls through. And their development team as well in the Highlands and Islands League could win the league title if they beat defending champions Clacknacudden this weekend. It's set up there beautifully for potential new champions having to earn that crown by beating the old ones. It's exactly the sort of thing that you'd find if somebody had written the script for this season. I love that sort of symbolism. Will they actually do it? We're going to have to wait and see. Let's go on to rugby, though, for the time being, because Highland Rugby Club won their first match of the National 1 season last weekend against Harriets. They've got a really tough one tomorrow going down to Borough Muir in Edinburgh. Dave Carson, though, does have a few more options at his disposal this time around, and he's hoping that having won last time, they're going to be on a bit more of a high going down to the capital. to the pandemic. 
because we talked when things were coming back about guys having that rest and being fit again, but did they maybe forget what it took because it had been so long? Uh, yes and no. I mean, we've shown in our pre-season games against the two premiership sides in, in Marrakis and Grammar what it took. We didn't win down in Edinburgh, but we played really well. We played really well against Grammar and got a result in that pre-season training. So they knew how physical it was and, um, and what wasn't needed to do that. So it's just, we can't really put our finger on it why we didn't perform the first two games. But um, we certainly got our points over this week, last week, sorry. At the two training sessions and the chat well with the boys and obviously the pennies dropped and yeah, they delivered the performance we wanted. And you touched before as well, Birmingham away this weekend, it'll just be more of the same, won't it? More hard work needed, more tough tackling and hopefully another win. Yeah, absolutely. Now we've known what's involved and what it takes to win a game. Uh, we'll go to Birmingham with confidence and say Birmingham are a good side as well, good Edinburgh side, so we'll be down there with confidence and uh, we'll get a good session this week with the couple of more boys available for selection too. It's going to make it interesting. Stephen Murray will come back into contention um, after his, his knee injury and stuff. So more experienced guys coming like that. As we talked about, maybe we lacked a bit of that in the first couple of games. But uh, like Stuart Butler coming in and Rory Cross coming in and came later last week. Just a few more experienced heads in the, in the side maybe calm things down as well. And, um, having these guys coming back, tripping in, always helps the cause too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how much you've been keeping tabs on Burmier the first couple of weeks of the season. Their one home game so far, I'm, I'm seeing on the website here, they didn't score a point against Melrose. Now, I know Melrose are a good team, but everybody kind of is. So do you expect them to be keen to make a point this weekend and, and get a better result than that? Oh, yeah, they'll certainly mean. If all national one teams at home win their home games, so it's going to be really tough down there. I think I think they've won two, but I think they've both been away. Yeah. Which, you know, running away from home national one, we know how difficult it is. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be a good side. And, and say one to a certain play in front of their home fans, same as us, they want to put a good performance there and get a, a home victory. But they'll certainly be working hard this week to go over what we need to do to beat them. And uh, the boys obviously be on a bit of a high coming off the it's going to be a really busy weekend for Highland this weekend actually because the second team are in action as are the third teams everybody's away from home unfortunately so you can't go and watch any Highland but you can go and watch Inverness Craig Denane their men's team are at home for the first time this season their women's team are actually going to be away Technically, that's a home game, but they are going to be playing at Ross Sutherland across the bridge. Ross Sutherland themselves are away from home. Their captain, Tom Bannerman, was in the Rosher Journal today. I also chatted to him earlier on this week, talking about how they want to use those away trips to really help the atmosphere and help the camaraderie in the squad. It's no surprise, I think, to anybody listening to this that any sort of away game is a, a trek, to put it bluntly. It's the same for Ross County, it's the same for Inverness Cali Thistle, it's the same for Highland, all three of their teams, it's the same for Craig Denane. It's no different whatsoever for Ross Sutherland. Tom Bannerman says that he wants to use those couple of hours that they'll have in the bus to really get to know each other again, because with over the last year and a half in the pandemic of not having rugby, not having a clubhouse, and not really being able to socialise, he thinks that might be the missing spark for them this year. 
there's been a lot of other stuff going on as well as football and rugby and it might feel like I've rattled through some of that quite quickly but that's partially just because there's so much other stuff I still want to get to. For example, Jiu-Jitsu. We've talked about it before. Highland Martial Arts Centre took a squad down to the European Championships last weekend. I think we touched on them in the podcast when they actually qualified or decided to go down there. And it could not have gone much better for them. They ended up with 17 medals. Every single person in the squad managed to get something to bring back up to the Highlands. But rather than me breaking them down and trying to remember who did what and how many gold medals and silver medals and bronze medals they'd won, why don't I just let their coach, Aidan McKenzie, do it for me? Also competing. Uh, she is the, the youngest, um, the 
and uh, that's what the weekend was really about. You know, the winning and the the medals and all the rest of it. That was just the icing on the cake, really. That was just the the bliss, if you like. See, I love that so much. Aidan actually apologised to me just before I started recording that, uh, just because his voice was apparently a bit hoarse from shouting and coaching down at the European Championships. But I love that in hindsight, maybe even as he was saying during and, and going into the competition, the medals were never the real focus. Of course, everybody who takes part in a competition like that, anybody who does a sport, wants to do well in it. But that doesn't mean it has to be the main focus. It can be about enjoyment first and foremost. And it sounds like that is a fantastic culture that they're building at Highland Martial Arts Centre and specifically in that group of jiu-jitsu athletes. Congratulations to everybody there because they all won something and I'm sure it will last in their memories for a long time to come. There's loads of champions there, but there's hopefully going to be a few more champions crowned tomorrow in cricket. Yes, this is the chance I get to talk about cricket when nobody else is on the podcast with me. Northern Counties are hopefully finally going to play their title decider against Forest St Lawrence in the North of Scotland Cricket League tomorrow. It is weather dependent, it must be said, but it's so perfectly poised. I was saying earlier that you could almost write the script for how the Highlands and Islands League title could be decided. This is the top two teams in the league, barely been able to separate them all season. Each of them have one game left. It's against each other. Whoever wins it are the senior league champions. As far as Northern Counties are concerned, they are going to be missing a couple of senior players. Captain Sean Thomas and Vice-Captain Will Ford are both unavailable. That means it's Alex Green who's going to be leading them. And I asked him whether having so much riding on this one match automatically put pressure on the players going into it. Well, we've got one of our 
exciting thing, really, for the league. I know there's issues with how many teams there are in the senior league and all that, but there really is a feel that most teams can beat pretty much anyone. Well, you notice that um, Elgin over the over the past couple of years haven't necessarily been a been a team that's been competing with the likes of Forrest. I, I think they came pretty close at, at some stage. Elgin also beating there. Um, so in the league, I, I feel like aside from Ross County, not Ross County, Forrest and another kind, we've almost gone undefeated. Of each team only losing one. I feel like the league's been really, really competitive, even in the games that we've won. We've, we've only won maybe one or two games really comfortably. Um, the rest of the games have all been quite, quite even and quite good contest. I know you said before you're trying not to put too much pressure on this match, but it, it's quite good that it's all in your own hands, isn't it? One game to go, if you win it, you're champions. You have that control. Yeah, yeah, so it's quite a nice luxury to have because in, in previous years, I don't think it's ever come down to whoever wins out of the two teams, first and second, whoever wins out of it are going to win the league because they're pretty much joint on points. I don't think it's ever happened before. I, I could be wrong, but it's quite a nice thing to know that once the game is finished, we don't need to wait for another result and we don't need to look on the, the website or look on the, the, um, on the news to see who's won the game. Yeah. I'm sure it will be quite a nice luxury for them to have. Like I said earlier, fingers crossed the weather stays fair and they actually manage to get the game on, if only because coming to this time of the year, it gets really tricky to play cricket because of the weather. The nice weekends are, are no guarantee at this time of the year, so fingers crossed they manage to get that done and get out the way and that we see Northern Counties being crowned champions. It would be a huge moment for them. It's also been quite a big moment for Inverness Tennis and Squash Club this week as the Scottish Squash Open has come to Inverness. It's, I think, by far the biggest event ever held up in the Highlands. It's great to see the governing body taking it up here. I'm sure that is at the very least due to the influence of Scotland's top two men's squash players, Greg Lobin and Alan Klein, both being from the Highlands and both coming up playing at the Inverness Club. There was a couple of local players involved this week already. Uh, unfortunately, I was just seeing before I hit record on this podcast today that both of them have now been knocked out. But that didn't stop me going along on the first day of the competition to chat to them. I didn't quite manage to catch Martin Ross before he played. He had already lost, unfortunately. But even though he lost in straight sets, here's what he had to say about his performance and what he might be able to take from playing somebody ranked about 300 spots higher than him in the world rankings. It started not very well, but um, I was able to kind of change things in the second and third and got a bit more into it. Um, he's a really good player. He was kind of playing at an intensity today that I couldn't really, I couldn't keep my quality high enough at that intensity to be able to um, cause much bother. Um, certainly got better throughout, so not too disappointed. Is there always going to be a, have to be a bit of realism about how far you'd actually get into the tournament, do you think? Yes, definitely. I mean, well, to put it perspective, he's ranked 99 in the world, I think, and I'm 402. So it was always going to be a tough ask. Um, but yeah, just happened to be here and just get a chance to play players like this, really. It's just great to have this event in Inverness, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing, yeah. Um, the way the Scottish Squash have been running it as well, promoting it, it's, it's brilliant to see so many people here. Like the school kids were here this morning watching, and um, yeah, I mean, the club's great anyway. It's always got a great atmosphere. 
um, so to have a, an event of this size in Inverness, it's, it's brilliant. What do you think you're going to be able to take from the match then, from the event as well? Oh, so many learning points. <laughs> just, just the intensity that that's kind of the level that I need to be at, that I want to be at. Um, so to play something like this is obviously a great experience. Um, the event as a whole, I'm just looking forward to the rest of the week. I'm going to be here all week watching it. Um, yeah, so hopefully more to learn as we go on. Just for your own you know, personal progression, I suppose, you know, what, is there particular things that you saw that, like, oh, I could do that and, and do it quite easily? Or? I mean, the main thing is the intensity. Sure. Um, just all goes back to that. As soon as you get up the rackets, the intensity just um, increases as you go. Um, but things like he's got a really nice kind of low hard drive, um, something that I'm working on as well as my, my length hitting, um, and that's one of the things that he was better than me today. Um, but as I say, it's interesting just to watch all the different players and see what they can do well and see what I might be able to take into my game from them as well. So what's next for you? Um, next is probably well, back to playing leagues in October. They start again for the first time in a couple of years. Um, and then the next tournament, I think, is going to be um, one at Heddywatt University, actually. Okay. Um, in the middle of October. So this kind of kick-started squash season for you again? <laughs> well, to, to be honest, it's been going on for a couple of months. Um, normally the season would start about now. Wow, that's what um, I was thinking. But with um, COVID having no tournaments last year, um, everyone kind of put on lots of stuff over the summer. <laughs> so we've actually, it's just going to be a big extended season. I think. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But it's just it's special to have something as big as the Scottish Open yeah. here in isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Um, normally, yeah, this kind of event in England or in the Central Belt. Um, so to have it here, obviously, Alan and Gary from Scottish Water are both here as well. So, um, and the club is very keen to host it. So it's amazing to, yeah, to get all the players here, to get um, everyone up here, to have an event like this here is, is great. Well, it wasn't the outcome that Martin would have wanted, but he clearly did enjoy himself at the tournament. And like he said, and like I was asking him, it's just great to have such a big occasion coming up to Inverness. I also managed to catch up with the other homegrown talent at the event, Alistair Prott. I asked him a couple of the same sorts of questions about the potential impact it might have, but this one was before he played, so he talks a little bit about what he hoped to get from the tournament as well, even though he did unfortunately go out in the second round yesterday. There's no shame in that. He went out to the fourth seed, um, and it was just great to see him manage to win a game. Here's what he had to say about, hopefully, an event like this, encouraging people to follow in his own footsteps. I think Inverness uh, uh, brings a great hope for an event like this. Uh, obviously growing up here, um, it's a great facility. Uh, we're really looking for, forward to the event uh, being hosted here. And I think it's great on both parts. Uh, Scottish Wolves getting to host an event up here and us welcoming, welcoming uh, the best set of players in the world. So uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really good. What can they do for squash in the area? Yeah, I think... Uh, I mean, I know for, like, personally, a few kids from Gordon are coming through with the school in today, so I think along uh, to that, it's really good for uh, the young people to just watch the squash. Uh, maybe something new for them, uh, might already play it, but just to be inspired by the, the really high-quality squash on show here is, is great for It's handy for you. <laughs> Very handy. Yeah, no, it's nice to be back up from uni, uh, get a few home-cooked meals, free accommodation. Yeah, it's, it's really nice, but uh, looking forward to playing back here. It's been a while, so... 
How have you done quite a lot of press around this event over the last couple of months? Is there a bit of pressure on yourself, do you think? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think coming in as a wild card, uh, it's, it's a good feeling for me. Uh, not, not so much pressure in the sense, but uh, just kind of going in, trying to implement the improvements that I've been making over the last year and a half through COVID. Uh, just try and give a good account of myself on court and off court as well. But uh, I think if I play to the best of my ability, we'll be in for a good game. So. Is that the thing you really want to do? It's not even so much where you get in the tournament, it's more just about showing personal progress. Yeah, I think uh, personal progress, but also, um, the. I mean, I've made the leap from junior to senior squash over the last couple of years, and I think uh, if I can play my best, I think the results will follow. So uh, I just got to concentrate on doing that. Place, so what do you think you're going to be able to take from, like you said, some of the best players in the world coming to Burnett? Yeah, I think, um, obviously I'm playing Connor, who I've, I've never played before. Uh, it's another new face to play on court, which is always welcomed. Uh, I think, yeah, in terms of takeaways, um, some of it will be performance-based, but I think, uh, like, even like the school kids, like, I can just be inspired by stuff like this, and uh, obviously it's somewhere that I want to go with my squash, like, competing in these events a lot more regularly, so... Uh, yeah, just to be a part of it and uh, hopefully get a wee bit into the tournament as well would be, would be lovely. Are you going to the event more generally? Could this be a catalyst for more things coming up to Ever Nasty Week? Yeah, uh, I hope so. Uh, like I said before, it's a good facility. Um, I think, um, I mean, previously as juniors, a lot of people would be like, oh, it's quite, quite a long travel up to Ever Nasty. Don't fancy it, but I think once you get up here, I mean, it's a lovely city, the club's really good, like, we're all really friendly. And I think, uh, yeah, once they experience how like the event here, how well it's set up, uh, I think, uh, yeah, definitely should lead to more stuff coming up here. It's not like there's a shortage of players, there's obviously yourself, Greg, Alan, yeah. I know they're not based on here anymore, but it's still representing the Highlands. For sure, yeah, no, I think uh, we've got a very good track record uh, with uh, the top guys like Greg and Alan, and also throughout all the juniors who might have stopped playing, we, we held a lot of national titles. Um, I think like, that just is a testament to the setup that the club has here with uh, Malcolm coaching and uh, uh, also running the club. I think uh, it just allows for uh, the juniors to come in, enjoy themselves, and then I think with that enjoyment comes wanting to play more, and then that's when you get the ability. So, uh, yeah, I think it it's, uh, shows the strength of the club and the personnel of the club as well. Well, that's just about all we actually have time for on this week's episode of Balls and Whistles. Look, there's plenty more to go and read about in Highland Sport this week. Just pick up a copy of your local paper to read about things like the Darts League coming back over the next few months, Brewer Rangers appointing Craig Campbell on a permanent basis. You can get a bit more depth on things like Cali Thistle or the Highland League that I did, I must admit, skate over a little bit. But there's just because there was so much going on this week. I couldn't give everything the time that I wanted to, especially when I'm on my own. Nobody wants to hear me just going on and on and on and on. But before I go, I do, of course, have to check in with fantasy football. We have a new leader in the Balls and Whistles League. I think Johnny Clark has been... At the top of the table most of the time, if not the entire season so far, but he's not there anymore. Who is it that's taken over from him? Well, it is Stephen Shand. He was the top scorer last week in the division, and he has overtaken Johnny by a single point. So that looks like it's going to be quite the title battle. It was a much better week across the board, it must be said this week compared to the last time out. There was nobody in the teens like Will was, and I think there's only actually one person in the 20s like I was. That person this time around 
was Andy Dixon. So congrats to our content editor at Highland News and Media for being the lowest scorer of the week. Of course, you can hear Andy on Health and Lift Ness. They're currently in between season one and season two, but they're regularly posting throwbacks and little clips from what they covered in season one. It's timeless stuff. It's not like you missed it. It's irrelevant anymore. It's really good tips about working now and diets and how different approaches. And they've got a few different people on the panel. Go and check out if you're at all interested in working out. And of course, there's Active Outdoors as well by our very own John Davidson. I should say, you don't just have to listen to these on the website. We have an app now. There's even more ways to consume Highland News and media content, whether that's the podcast, whether that's reading our articles, or even our newspapers. You can get digital editions of them with our all-new subscription packages. The app is a big part of that. There's information about that on all of our websites and our socials, in the newspapers themselves. I'm sure it'll be difficult for you to miss it. And if you have seen them online and in the newspapers, you probably don't appreciate me bringing it up right now. But it's really exciting times for us. And it's really exciting for me to be able to say that Will is going to be back next week and I don't have to do this on my own. Of course, if you want to get in touch with us before then, you can find us on Twitter at balls underscore whistles, or you can email us at balls and whistles, that's the full word and not an ampersand, at hnmedia.co.uk. And if you like what you're hearing on these podcasts, get in touch just to say that, or leave a review, or rate us. That always helps other people find these podcasts. And personally, I would just really appreciate it if you let us know that you like what we're doing. I think I'm starting to ramble on a little bit, so I'm going to call it quits. Have a good week, everybody, and thanks for listening.